think we just lost somebody behind stage, but uh, <laughs> Stephanie just went, we're okay, we're good, we're good, sorry, good stuff. Well, listen, this morning, uh, I really don't have much of a message for you, and when you walk out of here, you're going to go, hey, you're right, that really wasn't much of a message. I, I tried to, all week, I've just, as I've been thinking about what, this sermon series for a couple of um, for a little bit that we're going to start giving 2.0. Now, first of all, if you are a first-time guest with us, you're probably going to go, oh my word, of all the Sundays that I came, I have to come on the Giving Sunday. Well, used to, I would do a series on stewardship every January, and I did that for years and years and years and years, but it's probably been about four or five since I've done, uh, four or five years since I've done a series on stewardship. Matter of fact, and just kind of amen if this is true, if you know it to be true, and and just kind of, we don't harp about giving all that much around here, amen? Matter of fact, if you've been here two years or less, I doubt if you've even heard one whole message dedicated to the subject of giving uh, since you've been here. Uh, Wouldn't you say that would be a true statement? Um, Matter of fact, most of you, if it's your first Sunday here, um, you will hear, we're going to take the offering up at the end of the message, at the end of the service today, and you will hear me say something like this. If this is your first time with us, this part of the service... Oh, you got it, yeah. And I say it's not for you, and you're going to find out today why I'm able to say that it's not for you. And so we do all that. But anyway, I want to talk about giving 2.0. And if, you're, if this is your first Sunday with us, uh, I'm so glad you're here because you're going to hear some almost like insider stuff. Uh, I'm going to take a little bit of time and bring you up to speed a little bit more uh, about where we're at and what we're doing in this whole process. And so the, this Sunday and next Sunday is going to be kind of really right to the church. And, uh, and so I'm excited about that. I do want you to know what's coming up, though, in other sermon series. We're really going to talk right to uh, our community and to the lost and those that are hurting. March 18th, Steve Riggs is going to be with us, our missionary from France. As soon as he's done with that Sunday, we'll start March the 25th. And we're going to do a series called Bridges, getting from where you are to where you need to be. And most of us would sit here today and admit we are not where we need to be. But you got to figure out where you're at so you know what bridge you need to cross to get where you need to be. And so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about crossing the river, crossing the sea, and crossing the gulf uh, through the bridges that God provides for us. And then April the 15th through the 6th, we're going to do a series of messages called Afterlife. Here are these creative, mind-boggling, catchy, snappy titles. First sermon, you. Second sermon, heaven. Third sermon, hell. Fourth sermon, choice. All right? And uh, so we're going to talk about afterlife and kind of do those things. And then we'll be clicking into our family series. Uh, And this year, by the way, guys, remember last year I got on the guys really, really, really good? This year it's the ladies' turn. So if you got anything you want to email me, fellas, just, you know, go ahead and, uh, and, and, and let me know. But I do want to talk to you about about giving, and I, I do want to talk a little bit about just kind of what's going on here at the church, and, uh, and I just want to thank you for, for your giving and what you've been doing uh, here at the church. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Genesis chapter 14. I, I, I want to give you a, a very simple truth about giving, 
And by the way, today you're not going to see pictures of starving children. Uh, everything's on a black screen with white print with a little logo off to the, you know, bottom right. You're not going to see, we're not going to pull on your emotions. I intentionally am being calm today, which is a little hard for me sometimes. But I just want you to think. I, I want you to reason this one to me. I want, I want you to think with me, especially those of you who consider this your home church. Teenagers, you need to kind of start processing as well in college and career. Man, you're going to be stepping up in the leadership and all of this. And so think with me. In, Gal- in, Gal- in Galatians, listen to me. If you can't have it caught on, I'm tired, all right? And so I w- I'm just going to, I'll be honest right now. I'm going to mess it up. You just figure it out for yourself, all right? And uh you're just on your own. I can't, I can't help you. Genesis chapter 14. Lot in chapter 13 has a godly uncle named Abraham. Abraham in Genesis chapter 12 is the guy that God said would be the father of the nation of Israel that through his children and his seed and his land, all the world would be blessed. And certainly Jesus Christ is the ultimate fulfillness, fulfillment of that covenant relationship and promise with Abraham. Well, he has this nephew, Lot, and Lot walks with Abraham, and he walks in godly counsel and godly wisdom. But Abraham gets a little far, or Lot gets a little farther away from Abraham, a little farther away from Abraham. He gets his minds off of the, off the things that are good and wholesome and right and holy, and he gets his mind on thinking about things that aren't good, righteous, holy. And he gets a further away from godly Uncle Abe, and he gets a little further away from, from righteous Abe until he's essentially captured by four kings and he's in essence captured by the world and there's a lot of people in this congregation this morning you've been captured by the world but Abraham devises a rescue plan he goes to rescue Lot his nephew he beats the four kings down, rescues his son, all that they had taken with him. Because back in that day, you just didn't kidnap the guy. You kidnapped the donkeys, the camels, the goats, the sheep, everything. You kidnapped, took it all. And so Abraham not only got Lot back, but the Bible says he got all of it back. And so then you come to verse 18. The battle is over. Lot's back. The stuff's back. Life's good. Here's what Genesis 14 says. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem. Now, Melchizedek is an interesting character in the Old Testament. He stands to us as a pre-incarnate type of Christ. There are certain figures in the Old Testament who give us a shadow or a real clear idea of what the coming Messiah, Jesus, would be like. Melchizedek is one of those types so that the folks in the Old Testament could kind of get a glimpse and that people in the New Testament can look back and go, oh yeah, this is what God's been doing all along, been preparing us for the coming of his, his son. So Melchizedek is this type of Christ, all right? And then... It says, he brought out bread and wine. He was priest of the Most High God, and he blessed church. Our board has just been working overtime and, uh, and doing some, some great stuff. We've, been look, we've looked back at 2011, and we've looked at a lot of ways that you have just been givers because we've been blessed in 2011. And I'm not going to go through the whole year. Let's just back up, rewind about four or five months. Remember when Rachel Dennis came to us in September? 
Rachel was the young lady who had a business degree. She's not a, quote, missionary per se. She's got an international business degree, and she's got a heart for ladies in the Far East who are being sold into human trafficking, prostitution. And so she took her international business degree, taught them how to make things, turned that into a business so that they could pay the girls a wage so now they have an option not to go into a lifestyle of prostitution. I think that's pretty cool. Remember, she brought all that stuff and I told her to bring stuff. I told her and my wife heard me and my wife even told her, I said, we know our people. Bring as much stuff as you can get here. I guarantee you they will buy almost all of it up and you did. And I knew you would because you're givers. And that's awesome. Well, then we, we, we did some other things, Hope's Ministry from November to even the present and even before November, but around Thanksgiving time, I think they fed around 70 families. I mean, a nice Thanksgiving dinner. And, and then every week from about three to, to five folks come and, and, and call and Ronnie Ebersol is here and he's just taking and setting up and, and people from Hope's Ministry are in and out taking food to, to folks in need or helping get folks to folks who are in need and distress. And Hope's Ministry is a marvelous ministry. Matter of fact, you'll be a part of that ministry Wednesday night, Kirby Derby, Pioneer Club, huge events, going to be a lot of fun. You bring canned goods and, and it'll all go to Hope's Ministry and you'll help others because you're givers. Well, we did the Appalachia trip, right? Wasn't that absolutely phenomenal? Just busted it out, trailers. We had to even rent this big old U-Haul thing because you guys gave so much. Now, some of you were just waiting for an opportunity to clear out stuff from your basement. We understand that. But you gave stuff and you gave money and you gave food and you gave provisions so that we could go and just love on folks. And when they look at the folks who went and say, why in the world are you here? Why are you doing this? And the answer is simply, we love Jesus and we love you. And it just kind of seemed to all fit that we would love you through Jesus this weekend. It's an awesome story. Costa Rica just happened. Uh, or by the way, our Christmas offering for Jesus, our birthday offering for Jesus Christ uh, was phenomenal. It's, it was ended up around, I think, $67,000, $68,000, which was one of our largest giving ever that we've had in the 18 or so years that we've done that here at Kirby. It's just phenomenal. And he said, well, wait a minute, pastor, you're doing this giving because giving's down. I'm not doing this because giving's down. If you go through this same time that we were in last year, our giving's up 15%. I'm not trying to get something from you. I'm tr trying to provide the best church I can for you so that your children are blessed and your teens are blessed and the young adults are blessed and even us old coots get a blessing every now and again. Then we had the Costa Rica trip. Man, I was sad all week because I couldn't go. Then I was even sadder when they came back and didn't miss me, you know. And it was like, <laughs> but your giving helped us send Matias. And, and because of that giving and helped others to go, we had over 30 people accept Christ as their Savior. Isn't that incredible? The, the, the stories, and you, you heard them a couple of weeks ago when Heather gave that awesome testimony about what they were able to do and God was able to do. You, you see, as we've looked back, 
We said, man, God has just blessed our church. And, and we're good at giving. Matter of fact, if you were to uh, just kind of look at things, kind of this is the way that it kind of breaks down. This is what we believe. And you can amen me here. And you better amen me because I, I will get wound up on this part. But here's the thing. We believe that every member is a minister. Amen? Matter of fact, I believe that every Christian is a minister. I believe that God has given you spiritual gifts, talents, abilities. God has given you wisdom, brains, smarts. God's given you hands, feet, lips. God has given you the ability to do something to make a difference in this life. I am not the lone guy who does it all here. We believe that every member is a minister. And we believe, and, the, and those folks who were in membership class, I think around 40 the other day, they heard this, you know, over and over, that membership is a commitment to ministry. An ongoing ministry. And I want you to know, because of that, we're a church that gets it. Because the easiest thing to give out of treasure, time, and, and talent right now is probably money. The currency of our day seems to be time, but we're a church that gets it. We understand that we've got to be where people are. Yes, we can give to, like Wheatsmith, when he was here. Remember several years ago, two, over two years ago now, Dave and Donna introduced him to us. And he was here when that earthquake hit uh, his, his native country. And we just took up a spontaneous love offering. Just nothing, boom, he was here. And it was just like the right thing to do, unannounced, unprepared. It was almost $6,000. Why? Because we give. And, and, and we do that over and over. But sometimes you need to go and give your time as well. And become involved in, and not sit back and go, well, I tithe, I give, and, and that's enough. No, that's just one part of it. The giving, you, you not only give dollars and cents, but you give your time. You give of yourself. Can I just be honest with you? I, I could give you story after story after story where money didn't solve the problem. Money didn't bring relief, but it was the person's presence that helped them through that time of crisis. And then the other thing I just want you to see on the slide is simply this, is that, go ahead and hit it, Mike, is that here's some places for you to get involved in and, and, to, and, and to spend your time on. And I want you to give your time for a couple of reasons. First of all, because when you give your time, you're also giving your time with other people who are giving your time. And you get to meet different folks in the church. Now, just kind of amen. Sunday morning church is really a hard time to connect with people, isn't it? Sunday morning church is not where you connect with people. Sunday morning church is where you connect with God. Life groups is where you grow. And then there's serving opportunities where you get to know folks and, and, and know them better. And there's some things coming up. At the end of April, we're going to have a deep, clean fling. All right? We're going to come in to the church and, and uh, do those things we do a couple of times a year and, and dust and clean and swipe and stuff and I don't know, throw junk out. I mean, just all kinds of things. We'll even throw kids out if you need that to go. All right, man? We'll make you that deal. And then we also have yard work day. I mean, just think about it. It's been a mild winter, but to get out there and pull weeds and till the ground with the hands, you know? That doesn't excite me a bit, but I'll be there with you. <laughs> I tell you, I'd just soon have AstroTurf from one end of my yard to the other. Amen? 
plastic plants, everything, you know? But yard work, you know what I do like about that day? I get to hang with some of you that I don't really get to hang with a lot. And I like that day. That's a teenage day. It's a college and career age day. That's a, that's a wildcat day. That's an everybody day. And then we have ChristNet coming in April 29th through, through May 6th. And if you look on your bulletin, you'll see that we got some checklists for you. And if you'll take that bulletin, rip it off or take the communication card from it, write your name, cell phone number, email address, check off any one of these that you want to be involved in. We will keep it in the file. We will contact you. We'll keep making announcements, obviously. But we will contact you and let you know what is going on. And, and ChristNet is phenomenal. About 30 homeless folks or more, 30 to 40 homeless folks, we will keep that week. They'll come in in the evenings. We'll provide shelter and food. We'll put a temporary shower in our family bath. We'll treat them with dignity and honor and we'll love them in Jesus' name. And so we need folks to provide meals. We need folks to serve the meals. We need folks to clean up after the meals. We need folks to wash the, the, the linens that of the week they're here. We need folks to set up and tear down and spray Lysol. And, and, and I mean, just from one end of the spectrum, another, we need folks just to be here to, to sit with them, to, to be a chaperone all night, just to sit and talk with them, to hear their story and let them know that it's not hopeless, that Jesus cares for them. And that's a wonderful opportunity. Matter of fact, that's a great family event. And dads, that's a wonderful way to model serving to your children. Let them miss school the next day. Keep them all night here so that they can learn what it is to serve in Jesus' name. You go, well, you know, that kind of makes me a little uncomfortable. You make them uncomfortable too. You just love them in Jesus' name. Then we do something June from the first Wednesday night in June to the last Wednesday night in June. I leave the adult Bible study. I go and become a children's pastor on Wednesday night. And this year it's Dojo Kids, man. We're gonna help them master God's word with respecting themselves, respecting others, integrity, character, uh, all kind of life lessons that we're gonna teach them. And if you're new to Kirby, two years or less, and would love to work, you love kids, and you would just like to be a part of this really cool team, man, fill it out, I lead it. Man, we have this kickoff little party over at my house, it's just a lot of fun, and you'll be able to meet some folks, and you say, well, man, is this one of those dull, boring things that you do with kids? Absolutely not, it will be the fastest hour of your week, I guarantee you. And so it's gonna be great, and we're already working on things and lining up. So if you're interested in any of those, because we gotta be givers, because if you're a blessed people, you gotta be giving people. But then I want to talk about a couple of things real quick. I want to talk about two types of giving here this morning. I want to talk about giving 1.0. Giving 1.0 is giving directly to something that will help them immediately. That will help them immediately. Let me give you a couple of examples that are coming up of 1.0 giving. And I've already described the Appalachia trip, the Costa Rica trip, the, the Rachel Dennis and, and the Thailand. Now, let me give you a couple of examples of what's going to happen next Sunday morning. And we don't offering you to death around here, do we? There may be three or four weeks that we will have a special offering above your tithes and offerings. And next Sunday is one of those. We will have... Um, it's our, and you've got stuff on your, on your seats there. And basically what it is, is we have our Women Active for Christ are asking you to partner with them so that our missionaries, when they either go to a foreign mission field or they come back from a mission field, because of the expense and the exchange rate and transatlantic shipping or trans-Pacific shipping, 
Most of the time, they leave what they have on the mission field, and they come home and start with little or nothing, or they're staying with mama, or, or that kind of thing. Because it's very expensive to come home and set up shop for one year. And so what they do is they have this big warehouse that has toys and linens and pots and pans and coffee pots and, and skillets and, and silverware and towels and washcloths and stuff that I don't have a clue of because I can't cook. But you saw that during the diners drive and diving thing, but I can't cook. But it's all this kind of great stuff where they can go in and just grab what they need. It's absolutely free. In times past, we've had our ladies in the church make quilts and their quilt has ended up, their quilts have ended up in France and in Africa and in other parts of the world. And so you can either do this one of two ways is you can either go out and get and say, okay, you know what? If I was coming back, I think I'd like to have a coffee pot and some linens. And there'll probably more information on those things. But get those things or just come prepared to give and people will buy Kirby Scrib and then they'll go shopping for you. And then on the 18th, when Steve Riggs is here, everything that they got will be displayed up front so you can see what your giving has done and then it'll get on down to Nashville uh, into the provision closet and so it can help. And that's gonna be awesome. Also on that 18th day, they're going to be these little coin banks. And our children's church has done this for years. And we're going to partner with them this year. The goal is to raise $3,000 to change the world with your loose change. And basically we want, we're, well, on that Sunday, your kids will get them. And we want your parents, you as parents to get them. And we realize there's a lot of you, you don't have children in children's church. We want you to be a part of it too. Take the little bank home put it together and then just put it somewhere where every day when you come home, you just take the loose change out of your pocket and drop it in this coin bank, drop it in the coin bank. The last Sunday of April, we'll bring it all back and somebody will count the nickels, dimes, quarters, and pennies. It ain't going to be me, but somebody's going to do that, all right? We'll total it all up. The goal is to help our kids raise $3,000 for missions. And what a, what a cool thing to do. And so the Sunday that Steve's here, there's just going to be these banks that are just lined up over. That's that giving 1.0. The shamanics are going to Costa Rica this summer and, and trying to discern God's leading and will for their life about future ministry there. And, and, and a lot of us will give to help them, you know, make that happen. That's giving 1.0 stuff. Isn't that cool? But there's also giving 2.0 stuff. By the way, giving 1.0 is flashy and it's fun, it's exciting. And you give to a person and you give to a cause. But giving, giving 2.0 isn't quite as exciting. It's giving a percentage of my income to a local church that I believe in. Monday night, or not Monday night, Friday night I was at Rome at the Dome. And it was absolutely incredible. And I just, I was a little gimpy, so I didn't get to beat up on kids that, that night, and, you know, and, and race. And I thought I'd have a heart attack this year if I, I raced around the track. And so I just went around like I normally do and talking and greeting visitors and parents and that kind of thing. And the number, here was the number one question. The number one question was, you know, and we would talk and I'd interview seven and they would say, oh, this is great. This is fun. I said, have you gotten the pizza? Yeah, have you gotten the brownies? Oh, yeah, the chips and the pop. Hey, it's all you can eat. Go ahead, get some more. And the number one question was, where do I pay? Where do I pay? 
And I just, it's so cool. I just look at it. You, 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 don't, you don't pay. It's just free. We just want you to have a great time and, and meet some folks and just have a good night, a fun night with your, with your kid. I don't pay anywhere. Really, let me give something. No, it's okay. And the reason we're able to say that is because of giving 2.0. Let me tell you something that's really cool. Now, I don't know if you're going to get the full implications about what I'm about to tell you. You're probably going to get it sometime about Wednesday, but let me tell you the full implications about what I'm about to tell you. Because you give 2.0, because there are a, a good chunk of you who faithfully give a percentage of your income to the local church because you believe in what we do and, and, and just the passion that we have to reach lost people for Christ. Here's, here's what we're trying to do. Let me tell you where we're at in our pastoral search. We're not looking for one guy we're looking for two. Isn't that cool? And the reason we're able to look at two is because we've got a lot of 2.0 givers. People who will faithfully give a percentage of their income to the local church. It keeps the lights on. It, it pays our salaries. It, it, it puts curriculum in the children's wing. It, it, it puts pencils in their hands. It puts diapers in, in tot spot. It, it, it puts donuts that you eat probably more than you should on Sunday morning. And, and, and the coffee. I mean, it, it just it, it cuts the grass. I mean, it's that giving stuff that you have to have so that you can do the 1.0 stuff. So that you can do the Rome at the Dome stuff, the Costa Rica stuff, the Appalachia stuff, the Rachel Dennis stuff. Because you see, you need both. You need that 2.0 and you need that 1.0 giving. And the reason we do is because we've been blessed. Now, giving 2.0 allows us to maintain a place for that 1.0 giving. Again, we do not nickel and dime you to death with a lot of, lot of extra causes or things like that. Man, we just simply take up an offering, try to budget it out. And I want you to know, and, and you ought to rejoice in this, last year we gave right at or just a bump over 10% of our general fund giving that we brought in, we gave away. We gave it away to people who were hurting. We gave it away to missionaries. We gave it away to folks in need. We, we gave it away to, to ministries that we partner with and believe in. I mean, we just simply gave it away. And that's awesome because one of the rules of giving is we give because we're blessed and we're a blessed church. And so we do things collectively that we can't do individually. We support others. We do church. And we do church. And then we support the kingdom of God around the world. Let me give you the challenge. Let me give you the challenge. First of all, give because you've been blessed. You give because you've been blessed. Systematic, proportional, sacrificial giving because you've been blessed. Abraham just said, I'm going to give you Melchizedek a tenth of everything I have. And everybody says, well, God just wants you to give 10%. Remember Zacchaeus, little guy, one of my heroes? I love short people. I hate tall people. Zacchaeus, when he was convicted of his sins and Christ in his heart, what did he say? He said, he said, I will give up to half. I'll give up to half of what I got. And then if I've defrauded anybody, I'll pay them four times whatever I defrauded them. Isn't that incredible? You see, it's not, giving doesn't have the 
calculator tied to it. It has the heart tied to it. Remember the story, the parable that Jesus told in the New Testament. And sometimes we may not get the parable simply because we do it different. We take up an offering and we pass the plate. In Jesus' day, on the outside walls, the north, side, the north, south, east, and west, wherever the doors were, the gates were, there were boxes. And whenever you would come to the, attached to the walls, and whenever you would come to the temple, the synagogue, for church, you would drop your alms, your giving, you would drop it in your box. And so there were different boxes all around the building. And at one box, there was this guy who was very well-to-do. And he would let everybody know how well-to-do he was. And in letting everybody know how well he does, man, he waxed eloquent on just how much money he gave and just dropped in the box. Remember that guy? You go around the, down the wall and maybe around the corner and there's a woman whose hair is gray, probably matted. She has a, probably a threadbare shawl draped over her head. Her eyes are tear-filled, making streaks in the dusty uh, dust that just was on her, dirt that was on her face. Her little hands probably bony, her back bent, her voice quivering. Because she was so embarrassed that the best she could give was two mites. God had done so much for this woman and the best she could give back to God was two mites. And then Jesus asked a loaded question. He said, all right, who gave more? If giving was just about the calculator, the rich man gave more. If giving is about the heart and proportionate giving, that widow woman blew him away. You see, because giving is something you do because you've been blessed. And it comes from the heart. It's not a calculated number. It's not a specific kind of you know, thing, you want to, you give because you're blessed. And some of you have been blessed with more, and you ought to give more to help those who, who haven't been blessed maybe as much as you have. So I want to challenge you. Give because you've been blessed out of a heart that's, that's truly thankful. Be a 2.0 giver. Be a 2.0 giver. Step up the rest of this year. I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask you to tithe. I'm going to ask you to be a 2.0 giver the rest of this year because I believe in our church. I think you do too or you wouldn't be here. And so let's all band together and do something that, that is just, that a year from now when, when, when we're back, you know, and we're talking about pastor's annual report in 2013, we just go, wow. What an incredible what we were able to do together for the cause of Christ. So I want you to pray about it. I'm not going to ask for an altar call. Matter of fact, Nathan and Stephanie is going to come out now and they're going to get ready to sing a song. And it's a song they wrote for a series that Tommy did when he was, he was with us. And it's, it's just this really cool song. I want to read you the lyrics. I really want to sing them, but even he didn't invite me to sing. It says, Lord, I give you all of me. Rid me of my complacency. Don't want to be in the comfort all alone. I want to be 
by your side under your control. Lord, I've seen what I can do. It's not enough. I want to bring more to you. We give because we're blessed. I like that phrase. Rid me of complacency. So I want you to pray about it. Step up. Step up. You say, Pastor, we are so in debt. I can't give what others give. Listen, you may not be able to give what the rich man gave, but I'm pretty sure you can give what the widow lady gave. Because see, giving is about the heart. God does not have a problem with people who want to give more but can't. He does have a problem with people who can give more but won't. So step it up. Pray about it. Be committed to the tithe. Be committed to 2.0 giving. And then let's watch what God does together. I want to pray And then they're going to sing a verse and the chorus and the second verse, and then I'm going to come back out. Father, I pray, Lord, that you help us to understand that Abraham gave because he was blessed by Melchizedek. The basis of our giving is the cross of Jesus Christ.